When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 142, Why View is Better Than React. I'm Matt, that's Mike, and this week we'll be talking about, or we'll be taking the controversial, excuse me, stance. Well, actually, hang on a minute here. Hang on a minute here. I think I accidentally said we will be taking the controversial stance. Mike, to be clear, Mike will be taking the controversial stance that view is better than React. Now, I'm going to call him out here, because I said I was going to, so this is almost like a pre-scripted call out, which is crazy, when after I just said that, it just sounds absolutely crazy. Mike has rarely used React but loves Vue so much that he's just going to tear down... He's going he's gonna to tear down React. He's going to tear down React. And I'm over here within my, like, Webflow playpen <laughs> and, like, WordPress playpen being like, what's going on over there? So I would like to distance myself from the controversy personally. To be clear, this is Matt's voice saying that. <laughs> but, I mean, if you want to attack Mike in the comments and... Tell us why React is better than Vue, or whether you agree with him. I mean, please do so on all the social channels, as per the usual. Now, if this sounds interesting to you, and it should, you can go support the show on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. And now, Mike, your stance on Vue versus React. Take it away, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One interesting thing is, like you mentioned, like this is Matt's voice. I wonder if people can recognize our voices at this point. Like our our, vo- our I think our voices are pretty different. Yes. But then again, I'm pretty close to the situation. So curious if you're in the Discord and you're listening to this, let me know if you can recognize my voice versus Matt's. Because I heard um one of the syntax podcast uh episodes that they did, they said that apparently people can't recognize the difference between their voices. So I'm assuming it's probably the same for us. Uh well, I mean like West Boss and Scott, right? So like, yeah. uh, I can definitely tell them apart, and I don't exactly listen every week either. Exactly, yeah, same here. So I don't know, I don't know how people could mix them up. But then again, like if you've only listened to one episode, maybe. But if you listen to like you know, let's say three episodes, it becomes really clear. But regardless, uh, today we're going to be talking about a view, taking a like a hard stance that view is better than React, and before like. I would always kind of say that I liked Vue better, but I always saw like a lot of value in React because it has a like a large audience and it was there before Vue and, uh, you know, just I was always kind of being like a wall sitter between the two of them. But really after using Vue for a really long time, well, a wall two years, sitter? Yeah, I was sitting on a wall. Oh, all right. Yeah. Like I, I thought was it sitting- was for some reason I thought it was like you, you know how like a phone becomes a wall hugger? I, for some reason, thought it was related to that, and I don't know why. All right, That's just weird. yeah, just <laughs> continue. My, my brain doesn't work again. Leave <laughs> yeah. me, leave me in my playpen over here. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, leave yeah, you yeah. in your webflow playpen. Uh, 
there's nothing wrong with my flow but regardless uh react i like i played around with react a little bit i haven't done a ton of work in react but i have like spun up a few projects i've looked i've debugged some projects for other people in react um it's all you know it's fairly straightforward for me at this point what react is and having used Vue for over two years now i feel like i can take the stance and say very concretely that i like Vue better and there's a lot of reasons for that and in my opinion again this is an opinion piece this is not a factual you know me dropping a bunch of facts on everyone although some of these things are factual um but most of it is opinionated uh in my opinion, Vue is should be the framework that takes off greater than React. And I want to have an episode deliberately trying to promote Vue so that we can kind of take some market share from React. Now, I realize HTML of the Things podcast isn't a uh, trendsetter at this point, but whatever. I'm going to try to help. <laughs> that is my stance. So before we can get into like what Vue and Re- uh, like the, the differences or what's better about Vue than React, I just want to take a quick minute to talk about what a reactive framework is. And I realize I've already done this before in previous episodes, but I, you know, for the benefit of other people, for new listeners, I just want to quickly put my definition of what a reactive framework is. So reactive framework is a tool built on top of JavaScript that helps developers create applications that need to dynamically render content based on the data that they are supplied. So for example, if your application used to show a list of to-dos that a user has created, reactive frameworks make it easy for you to loop over an array and build HTML elements dynamically while inserting the right information into the to-do list as they they are built. They can also do stuff like conditional rendering, where you want to hide or show certain elements based on a state of the application that can this can easily be handled by a reactive framework. There are, of course, like a bunch of other benefits, like fast routing, like lots and lots of plugins, great developer ecosystem, uh, developer tooling, consistent structure, like across uh, components. So like, it's really nice to have a framework if you're working with a large team, because you know, if you open up Bill's file, it's going to have a very similar structure to your file, because you have to conform to that framework's identity. You have to conform to that framework's like um, structure so that you're components are rendered right so you know that that's going to work whereas if you let's say you open up an html css javascript kind of file that can be all over the place so bill's html css javascript could be completely different from how you write your html css javascript which i mean has its own advantages but then again again when you're working on a larger team it's easier to conform when you have strict rules so that's what frameworks can give you as well Um, And the other thing, frameworks make it easier to have reusable components. Again, something that could be achieved with regular CSS, HTML, JavaScript, but it's much easier to do in a framework. And for example, like there's some reactive frameworks out there. It's not just Vue and React. There's actually quite a bit more. The other ones I would say that are big and the ones that are kind of on my radar, at least, is Svelte and Angular. Angular is one of the older ones, something that came out even before React, um, kind of like the grandfather of these things. I know Ruby on Rails is technically a reactive framework, but it's more of a backend system than a framework. And uh, Svelte is really good. Like I have no qualms about Svelte. We're not going to be talking about it in this episode. We have an episode on Svelte already, so you can go check that out. Uh, I'll try to link it in the show notes if I remember. And uh, it's a great framework. It's a newer one, one of the newer ones, and it's it, it has a lot of advantages even over something like Vue, but it also has some like iffy, iffy things that I didn't like back then. But 
Regardless, today's episode is going to be a view is better than react episode. So here we go. Yeah, here we let's, go. Let's do it. This is what we're this doing. Is, this is the title card. If this was a this video medium, the big old title card would come up right now. And you yep. realized that was just the intro. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That was just the prologue. This is this is the main event right here. So view is better than react. It is like it just it just I'm sorry. To anyone that's like a huge fan of Vue uh, and loves it to death, I'm sorry, but Vue is just better than it. Just is. Sorry. But why is it better? So one of the first things that most people notice, and a lot of these things, if you've never used Vue, if you're like a pure React dev and you've never used Vue, a lot of these things you will notice about Vue if you go and like to get a project started in the first week of using it. And you'll be like, oh, that's why Mike is saying that. Or that's why, you know, all these other people are saying that as well. Um, it's easier to get started with, period. It is. Uh, there's great documentation. Uh, the, the infrastructure of the actual applica- like application writing, like the, the syntax that you use for templating, for instance. In the React side, there's something called JSX. So it, it allows you to render templates right in the JavaScript. So fairly straightforward, but also a little bit convoluted. Right, because right in your script code, you're writing HTML elements, and then you're returning them so that they can be rendered in the DOM, and that's how you kind of create those styled components and stuff like that. So that's JSX. There's also another way in in React with create elements um, or create React element. I can't remember the exact syntax. There's like a couple different ways to to render elements in React. JSX is probably the most popular one. There's a couple other ones that are worse than JSX, regardless for for many many reasons. With view, it's literally template tags where you write HTML code. In the HTML code, you can write uh, JavaScript code within squiggly, like double squiggly braces, kind of like handlebars or mustache. And then you can use any of the view variables that you make your make available in your script code. So in a structure sense, when you're looking at a view file, it's a single file application, a single component application that contains the template at the top. In the middle, you have your script where all your JavaScript and all your logic will play. And at the bottom, you have your CSS, all one file, all containing all that information for that specific component. In in React, the typical structure, and it is possible to do single file components in React, it's just not the default thing. In a typical structure, for one single element, you'll have the traditional three files, the React file, the... Um, H, uh, the CSS file, and yeah, so sorry, not three files, you'll have two files for one component. So you'll have to kind of go back and forth between the two to be able to build out the component. There's advantages of that. I understand, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, whatever. It's better for me, for like my personal opinion, it's better for me to have it all in one because you're containing all the logic and all the styling of a single thing in one thing, in one uh, file, and you're able to go in there and quickly write edits. You're quickly able to see what's going on without having to switch files, especially when the files are named something differently. Because then you're just like looking for import statements and you're looking at what the file name is in the import statement, then going to that file and you have to have both of them up at the same time to figure it out and stuff like that. That could get kind of hairy, especially if the component is quite like really big and really complex. And maybe it's importing like multiple different styles, multiple different uh, functions. So that's one thing why uh, Vue is easier to get started with. Uh, now, I actually have a devil's advocate point. Now, I want to be clear here, once again, that I 
have not used React for anything. I've watched some videos on it. Obviously, I'm in the web dev field. And then I have used Vue to help Mike style some components and such. And that's kind of really my only experience with Vue. And I will say this. So it sounds like... So, okay, just just explain this to me so I can make a proper point. <laughs> so there's, you said there's each component has two files. One of them is going to be your styling, right? And the other one's going to be your DOM effectively. Is that is that correct? So the other one will be your uh, essentially your HTML and your JavaScript mixed into one. One of okay. them is your CSS and the other one is your HTML JavaScript. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So my point is still good. Okay. So my thing with Vue is that it's nice having everything in one big file, but it's also not nice having everything in one big file. And the reason why I say that is because going back and forth between a file and another file is as easy as doing a keyboard shortcut for those that are willing to set that up. So for example, if you have one hell of a component or one really big thing that has a lot of CSS, that's the point, a lot of CSS, it is a real pain unless you remember all the class names to either manually scroll back up or control F and refine that that class. But if you go from, let's say, file one, which is your CSS, and then file two, which is your HTML.js, I personally, anyway, find it to be easier to have things in a separate file because I can, say, scroll down 50% to where I'm going to be changing up my CSS on the first file. Then I can quickly switch over to the other file, manipulate the DOM, and then I go and I check, like I run this whole thing, and I check it with my inspect element, and I like to play with the CSS there. And then I can just click that file, the CSS file now, and I can just immediately go and actually make the changes I want. Whereas with the view, again, it's when the components are large or when the when this section of code or whatever is large. But it, it's more problematic because there's no, or at least I don't have any, keyboard shortcuts to go to certain anchor points on a page. Okay, so... The solution for that uh, is to open up the file twice. And I do that pretty often. Mm-hmm. So I'll open up the same view file twice, side by side. And one of the files will be like, you know, one of the views will be on the CSS and one of the views will be on the HTML. Mm-hmm. And then it's the same kind of functionality. So, but having said that, um, obviously like React has that because you can open up a separate file and stuff like that. The reason that I like the view method better is that Initially, when you're first starting out and you have small components, it makes underst- like the cognitive burden of understanding what's going on a little bit easier as you're starting out, as you're building the first component, as you're applying the first logic. As it gets bigger, Vue has all the capabilities of being able to separate, separate the styles out into as many files as you want, right? So you can still import styles from a different uh, folder into a single component and use that and have... 30 different styles if you want. That's But the default behavior is allowing you to have it all in one file if you want. So that's that's where like um, it is a preference thing. Again, a lot of what I'm saying in this entire episode is 100% a preference thing. But I like when I have a file, when I first create a component to have everything encapsulated right away. And as I build it out and make it more complex, I will purposely remove functionality and put it into a separate file. Mm-hmm. So with view three, especially, and the composition API, I don't want to get too into this because this really is an, an overview episode and I don't want to get too, hair, too uh, into the details of the development aspect of it. 
But with the Vue 3 composition API, they make it super simple to kind of separate out complex functionality into their own JavaScript files and just import it in and use it in the view file mm-hmm. if you want. Again, you can still do it in the file, but their intention is for you to make that file as clean as possible so that when a person's reading it, they just know it by the function name, know what you're doing by the function name. If they want to see what the functionality is, they'll hop over to that other file if if it gets too complex. Now, I do have one quick thing to retouch on that file thing. I don't know whether this is an old Windows user thing because I am an old Windows user thing or what. I, for some reason, always hesitate. And I, I feel like I've been trained to hesitate and I don't know, I can't remember why, but I, I hesitate to open up something twice. <laughs> now, the reason why I say this is not, I don't know whether, again, I don't know whether it's an old Windows user thing like or uh, an IT thing or anything like that. I don't know because I'm such an old Windows user that I always set my Windows taskbar to be like Windows 98 up to this day. I have it set up right now. I'm looking at it. It's like Windows 98. So as close to it as I can with Windows settings. So like I am an old Windows user, but I'm also, you know, an IT guy, whatever. And so, or was, and then, so there's something against, for some reason, me opening the same file. Like, it's like, I really want there to be a very specific reason why this file is open and it's open for this purpose. And it's the, and I think this is almost like getting into psychology almost. Uh, but I think it's the same reason why I don't use the multiple desktops. I've used the multiple desktops in the past and I've used them successfully, but I just never stick with them. And I I don't know why that is. Now, I have, obviously, there's sometimes you do need to open the same instance. Quick Windows tips. Quick quick Windows tip for some applications, if you press control shift and double click on an, on an, a program that won't open twice, it'll it'll open up in a second instance. Um, but like, I rarely, rarely, rarely do that. And I also rarely have the same thing with tabs. When I open my Google drive, I close my Google drive. If I open up a doc usually. So I don't know why that is, but like, that's just one of the reasons why I guess I would prefer the multiple file thing. But if anything, to be totally clear, it's a nitpick and I'm an amateur, so it's an amateur nitpick that could go away instantly if I actually used view more. But just something to something to chew on if you're a person that, for some reason like me, tries to keep everything in its own instance. Probably for, you know what it probably is, the very first thing that came into my mind when I said that is data corruption. I'm probably trying to prevent data corruption. You're I'm probably, probably right. afraid, you know? I, I remember opening up like the same Word file wasn't allowed for a long time. Mm-hmm. multiple instances of that and you're right like windows was just not good at it for a very very long time um the the reason why i do it is because vs code has like a lot of functionality of multiple like opening up a file and multiple instances built in like you're able to you know manipulate the file simultaneously and it like it reacts live so as, as soon as you write something on the right hand side it'll happen on the left hand side like so it's it's built into to vs code so that's why i never hesitated but I can see your hesitation from a person that doesn't do it on a regular basis and that's grown up with like the strictness of the Windows ecosystem, especially in that regard. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But again, theoretically, and, and this like, you can do this with React and Vue. Like again, like with React, you can have a single file component. It's just not the default. And you have to do a little bit of uh, setup for that. 
And I think you have to have like plugins and stuff like that installed to get it working. But with Vue, it kind of comes in. But with Vue, it's really easy to separate it out as well. So mm-hmm. if you're very much in line with that kind of thinking, Matt, that you just don't want to have the styles in the same uh, place as the like HTML and script, you can 100% separate it out. You can even delete the style tag completely. I have done that a few times. Where like I just didn't have styles for some components. Some components are functionality only anyway. Which is great for versatility, to exactly. be fair. Especially because yeah. my complaints are for large components. If it's a very small component, having everything in one, that makes a lot of sense. Right. That and and that's why I that's why I have this in the easier to get started with. Because mm-hmm. usually when you're getting started, you're not gonna be working with massive components, right? So you're gonna like you're just gonna go into a view file and you're gonna understand what's going on right away. That's the reason why I like it so much. Whereas if you go into a React file, like a React.js uh, file, it has like, you know, everything is kind of partial there. Mm-hmm. You don't have the styling. You have just the the HTML and it's actually written inside of the JavaScript section rather than as a separate standalone section. So you're like, okay, well, what's actually causing it to be written on the screen? It's not as clear when you first look at it. And that's why I think like when you when you're a view, like when you're just starting out a new team, starting out in view it's a lot clearer than if you're a new team starting out with React. And I would say most people agree with that. Um, Even like hardcore React developers, that's not something that they usually argue on. I'll have like later section, I have like common counters where like the common things that React developers will say like, this is why you should use React. Um, And I'll talk about that, those. But for now, like these things are like, these are better. And most people can agree on that. All right. So uh, with that being said, the final thing here for easier to get started is their composition and, and options API for Vue, the two different APIs to write your Vue components, uh, one's newer, one's older. For my eye, is easier to understand than the React's like state-based data manipulation with the set values and all that. So React handles stuff a little bit more convoluted to be able to make an L, uh, a variable reactive rather than a fairly simple, straightforward view method, uh, and the view lifecycle methods like the computed, the the um, created, the uh, com- com- uh, mount unmounted stuff like that. Those to me are a lot clearer than React's way of handling the lifecycle. So that's another thing that kind of makes it just a little bit less of a cognitive burden to get started with it. With that, uh, next thing here is better first-party plugins. This one's a big one for me. And I, I don't know if people get angry with this one or not, but essentially what, what, it, what it is is that Vue has, like in it, it has just the, the rendering component. So being able to create a, compo- cre- create a component, be able to have reactive data, be able to have your uh, templates rendered and stuff like that. What it doesn't have built into it initially is state management so that your components can kind of talk to each other regardless of where they are in your file. Uh, And it also doesn't have routing built in. So if you want to have traditional, you know, slash based page routing uh, so that you can go to like the about page or the contact page, it also doesn't have that built in. But what Vue has is first party support for those plugins. So there's a Vuex plugin for state management, which was built and maintained by the team that created Vue. And there's a Vue router plugin that's also built and maintained by the team that created Vue. With React, there's definitely um, like very similar plugins. There's a Redux for React state management and React router for React's router, but they're not from the team that created React. And in fact, React is created to be a very standalone piece of software 
that is only in charge of like the reactive components of data. And then everything else is built on top. So like JSX, for instance, the templating system that I was just talking about is actually external to what the core of React is. I believe JSX is built by the React team, but regardless, it's not the core functionality of React. So even their templating is not like the standard templating that almost everyone uses is not technically built into React. React is very much a, a designed to be a completely like standalone piece of just handling reactive data. Whereas Vue is like, a bunch of things like it can do a lot just by the view plugin and that's it the view uh framework well you which can I, which, do mm-hmm. like I, i've seen a video of a guy was explaining the jsx and then the difference between js and jsx when working with react and the js is, is crazy yes like because you can do it you can use yeah. vanilla js with react and it's it's crazy looking it is. And he was and just it, it doesn't something make very any simple. sense. It doesn't make any sense why anyone would use that. But some people swear by it for some reason. Like it's crazy. I mean, if you learn something though, like if you learn something, even if it's more difficult, it becomes so easy to you that you will be like, well, that's simple. Why doesn't everyone else get it? Just because you've been in it for so long. That's why you do user testing for a lot of stuff, right? Because developers have been looking at this UI for so long that they're like, well, it makes sense that it's 12 steps to send a message. But then a user comes in and goes, what the hell is this? Because you need those fresh eyes. Absolutely. And I agree, I agree with that. But the other on the other point, I would very much advise people to try different things. So if you've been using the React uh, standard rendering, like the create element rendering, and not JSX or not Vue at all, I would really recommend just spending an afternoon, spending, you know, or a day of your week, just like spinning up a project in a different framework or spinning up a project with a different templating engine and just trying it out. And really like, the initial, yes, the initial hurdle might be a little bit much for you because you're so used to the create element. But I almost guarantee you that as soon as you start using it, you'll something will click in your head and you'll be like, oh, this is why this is so popular. This is why this makes so much more sense. And you might, you know, sway yourself, sway your team to to go to something a little bit more maintainable and better. Because again, it it, it is like some of this is about making sure that your code is um, usable across or readable and maintainable across different teams because who lo- who knows how long you're going to be there for? Who knows how long your team's going to be there for? It might need to be maintained by a completely third-party th- team and it's important to kind of think that ahead. And if you're building your own projects, it's the same way. It's just like, it's just one of those things that when you're a developer, it's hard to get into that mindset, but I think it's important to sometimes at least invest some time and figure something out, figure out the other stuff that's available that's out there for you. Um, with that being said, uh, the other thing that Vue has is they have their own bundler now. So they have Vit, uh, which I used to pronounce Vite, and I still really want to pronounce Vite, to be honest. But uh, apparently the Vit creator, which is the same creator as Vue, uh, says it's Vit, and that's fine, whatever. Um, is this the whole GIF and GIF Yeah, it thing? is. It is because, like, he says it's French, but it's not. So, like, it's not the right pronunciation in French. But is it a brand v- name? V-I-T-E. How would you pronounce that? I mean, at first glance, Vite, but also, is that a brand name? It's is not. That a pro- it, is that a proper name? No, it's not. Like, he, he came up with it himself. Like, there's, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a brand name. So, he gets to choose how it how Correct. It goes, yeah. So, he's know, saying yeah. Vit. So, I guess, like, it is Vite, though, right? Like, why why is, I don't know. Anyway, so I would say I would say like looking at it, if I just thought it was a regular word, not a proper name, 
Vite for sure. But yeah. because you said Vit, then that's it. Like because I, I say I is Yeah, the I is before one letter before the E, so therefore it's pronounced I, right? Like that's that's how English works. <laughs> but if it's but, French but, it, but it's well it doesn't even matter if it's French or not, it's still a proper name. Right. So Correct. like that I think that's probably the biggest this isn't the language podcast. I don't yeah. really know, but <laughs> Correct. But anyway, well Vit is a bundler that was created by the creator of Vue and obviously is first party support in Vue 3 and Vue 2 now. So it's supported across the entire Vue ecosystem and is great. So it's way faster than Webpack. It has less configuration problems, less configuration in general that you need to worry about than Webpack. And really like the, the selling point is the speed. I remember on the stream that I was doing last week, uh, I think it was the Monday stream, Someone was in the chat and I was just like saving and uh, like seeing the the changes live. And there and like one of the reactions was, holy shit, is that fast? Like that's it's immediate. As soon as you save, the, re- the changes happen. It's like you're working with just basic JavaScript, HTML and CSS files. And you have a, like a live server connected to those. It's that fast. Like there's really no difference. And yeah, so that's a huge advantage, I would say. I know Vit has support for React now. So that's not necessarily like saying that React doesn't have this feature built in. But again, Vit is built by the creator of Vue. So obviously the support there was first of all first, and second of all, a priority rather than with React as an add-on. Just that's another kind of like, you know, tip tip to the hat of Vue, in my opinion. And the next thing here is Vue is more popular with developers. It just is. Even though it's not the most popular framework in terms of usage out there by like corporations and and startups, it's not. Uh, There's stats for that. It is the most popular framework for developers. And why? It's because it has more GitHub stars. And GitHub stars are a way to determine the popularity and the reception of a product that's used by developers, right? So it has 183,000 GitHub GitHub stars versus React's 168. Close, like it is close and it's getting closer. Uh, but again, it is uh, it is better. And that is a actual number that I can prove. <laughs> and you can go check out yourself. I'll uh, I'll try to link it in the show notes as well, where you can kind of go and see both, both the repos. They're both open source. So you can check out all the code and stuff like that. Um, and... Really, like if you look online and you check out blogs and you check out the popular media for development, a lot of people subjectively gush more about Vue than React. Most people use React like a tool. And for some reason, the evangelization of Vue is more out there in the, you know, in the ecosystem, in the, in the development sphere. So the zeitgeist, more, the zeitgeist of like the zeitgeist is more popular. It like favors Vue in terms of like writing articles, positive articles about it. People really like Vue because when they start writing with it, it is, it's just better. Like it's just easier to write, easier to get launched with, stuff like that. Like just makes sense. I don't know. Like it, it's hard to describe because having gone back, I just did this yesterday. I just did this experiment yesterday and I, and I spun up a React project and I just tried to make like a simple, you know, I think it was just a me clicking a thing and it, iterating over a couple of different elements in an array and then displaying something else like really simple a really simple project uh it took me 
maybe like an hour to an hour and a half, mainly because I wasn't like fully spun up with with React yet. But then I looked at my code and I'm like, this, it just doesn't look as good. Like it just doesn't make as much sense as the same thing in Vue. So I, I don't understand the reason why we have this discussion when really like in terms of functionality and in terms of features and in terms of just straight up like co- like clean code, Vue is better. It just is. And that's why I wanted to have this episode. That's why I wanted to kind of um, – I wanted to call out React a little bit. And I wanted to bring up Vue because, again, I want to evangelize it so that people will start thinking about Vue more than, more than React as much as I possibly can. I want it to kind of take over. Now, there are other frameworks. Svelte, like, for instance, great framework. I would have no problem if Svelte all of a sudden started taking off and beating Vue and React, to be, to be perfectly honest. I just don't want React to be the king forever. That's all. That's my thought. Like React is older. It was great, but I think it's time for the king to sit down. Oh, here we go. <laughs> nah, he's making statements now. Yeah, I'm now making, he's statements. making statements. I'm, I'm, I'm going full out. I'm not sitting on any fences. I'm saying that React had its day, and I hope, and I, this isn't what's happening. Oh, here we go. I hope it will uh, start going down in popularity and let other frameworks kind of pick up the slack. Now, React people have probably been screaming during this episode saying a bunch of things, and I wanted to address some of the things. I'm not going to be able to address everything. I've had to hold them back. They're right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> be, that would be horrible. Just start getting yeah. like mobbed. Be like, no, wait. They're all trying to get to the no, microphone I, I, just to scream I, at I, you. But I'm, wait, I'm, why I'm would they good. come at me and not just go to you? Yeah, they're definitely going to come at me because you've actually been like a defender of React. Tech, for like some a reason. Bit, for some reason. Well, no, we, you need that give and take. That back and forth. So no, it was good. I like the defensive react because I can take it right now. I can, I can probably you know give you a logical answer as to why Vue is better in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with that. Uh, so again, few there's a few common counters that a lot of React, maybe not even developers, but a lot of React evangelists, a lot of React uh, users will say, or a lot of a lot of the decision making when you're like deciding between the two. If you go to like look at a chart or look at a article comparing Vue and React. There's going to be some commonalities of like, this is what's better in React. One of those things. There's a larger talent pool of developers for React because it's still being used on a pretty high level above Vue in industry, right? And yes, 100% true. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not true. But my counter to that is the Vue talent pool is actively growing and if you need a competent developer, if you take a competent React developer, they will for sure be able to get spun up in Vue in very in a, in a very short amount of time. Due to all the things that I said above, it's easier to get spun up in. And a competent React developer already understands what reactivity is. You already they already understand how these frameworks work because it's not that different. Like to put like some you know something back to React, it's not really that different than Vue, really. When you when it comes down to it, there's some syntax differences and stuff like that, but really they do the same thing. And when you're someone that has worked with React for a while, Vue will be a piece of cake for you. Like it'll be legitimately like, okay, this took me like a day or two to spin up in, and I understand it. So I don't think that that's a legitimate counter. In my like, I think you take a React developer, bring them to your Vue project, they'll be just as good, if not better. Next thing here, React is built to scale while Vue was built for ease of use. And again, one of those things that is factually true, 
when it first came out, Vue was was not built to scale as well as React was. React, like when they when they first launched, was built by Facebook, and they were building it to scale to millions and millions and millions of people all using it at the same time, and scale based on like the you know the the lowest common denominator as well because Facebook had to uh, had to account for anyone in the audience. So to counter that, Vue three was built for scale. It brings scalability to it on multiple different levels. All the APIs that React has and more for scalability and specifically are built into Vue 3. So again, not really a, a counter at this point because Vue 3 is in production or like it production ready. It's good to go. Like it's been around for over six months now. It can scale. Can't really, you can't really give that. Like, yes, you can still say like, oh, React was doing this a while ago, but now Vue is doing it as well. So that's not really a uh, a counterpoint against it. And the last thing here that I have is there's just more plugins and tools available for React. And sure, React has more users, therefore it has more tools, but is that really a good thing? Like, there's like hundreds of different ways of doing uh, route- routing in React, like tons of different plugins to do routing. But why? Like, why do you need that much choice when you're re- like routing is just routing? There's hundreds of different ways to do state management in React because it's not built in. It's not made by the same first party. But again, why? Like, why do you need to confuse yourself like that? And why do you need to give, why do you need to put yourself in a situation where you're trusting third parties with production equipment, like production uh, level framework stuff? And you have to kind of balance that out because every time that you add a framework or add a library or add a plugin, that's something that you might have to maintain on your own in the future if they, they stop maintaining it. Or if they update it with some malicious code, you might have to revert back. Like it's, it's definitely adding risk to your project. Vue, on the other hand, yes, it still has a ton of options. It has less than React. There's no, like, the, there's no arguing that. But it still has everything that you need. And it has just more focused, in my opinion, versions of those things. Like I said with the whole Vuex and Vue Router thing. They're very much more focused versions, fully featured, and definitely going to be maintained as long as Vue is maintained, versions of those plugins. And there's many more examples like that, like where there maybe are third-party plugins, but there's just less options. Therefore, there's more focus on maintaining them. I think that's better. Like it, Again, this is an objective thing, uh, or so, sorry, subjective. This isn't something that's like a guaranteed factual thing, but it's my it's my counterpoint to this argument. Probably my weakest one, but regardless. Those are kind of the three things here that I wanted to say, uh, the common counters. There's, there's more stuff out there that you can, again, the reason I wanted to do this episode is I wanted to generate a discussion. So if you want to come at me, come at me on Twitter, come at me in the Discord, doesn't matter where. Let me know why you think React is better. Or if you agree with me, also let me know that too. Because like, really... I honestly think that Vue should be going up higher or any other framework should be going up higher than React at this point. The only reason React is maintaining its uh, dominance is because so many people are using it and because Facebook is backing it, which I think is a, another terrible reason. I don't want to have, I don't want to rely on Facebook. Re- Facebook has already done some shady stuff where they had to revert it back or whatever, where they were like trying to monetize it somehow. I can't remember exactly how, but regardless, there was already some shady stuff that started happening with React. They rolled it back, whatever, it's fine. But it's just, I don't know, like it's just, I don't want to use something that is maintained by Facebook. It's a weird thing. 
I don't know what I don't know like whether I'm weird, but um there's just something about that whole Facebook argument where I just don't care. And I've said this before, where people are like, I don't want to use Facebook, I don't want to use this, I don't want to use that. And I, I get I get it. Like I hear the arguments. I'm not saying the arguments are invalid, but I just don't care. I don't know what it is. It's just something where it's just not on my radar for some reason. And I realize that I use Facebook here and there. I don't really post on there. I mostly use it to post in groups and pages and stuff like that for mostly pages uh, for work. But I really just don't care about the Facebook stuff. And I don't know whether that's good or bad or whether it's something that really should be something that's grabbing my attention and someone that's listening to this right now is just screaming their head off. But when someone says, hey, this is maintained by Facebook, that might, like in Mike's case, add some salt to the situation where he says, whoa, I don't really know if I want to use this. That doesn't, I don't care. The only thing that I see from that Facebook uh the Facebook relationship with react and the, well, I think they made it or whatever, but the point of the matter is maintained by Facebook. They like, to me, it's just a big company that's maintaining something that is probably going to be around for a really long time and a really long time tech wise, I should say, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe something else has to grab my attention, but I just, I always just see Facebook as the thing that it was in high school, which is you just post pictures and you post little messages on there and you post like, I'm watching this and this and that. And they've iterated on that and businesses use it now. And I know that they've expanded quite a bit. I know they've had, you know, whatever, some data leaks or hacks or whatever has happened to them. I don't really follow it, but it's just something that people are freaking out about. And I just do not care. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's bad. I don't know if this is something where there's a fire in the other room. And I'm just, I'm just not paying attention to it or whether this is something that people are more passionate about than it is super important. I don't, I don't know to be totally clear. I don't know. I think it is important to a certain degree. I think the reason that you don't care is because it's not something that affects you in any way whatsoever Mm -hmm. because you're using it as a tool to connect with people. Some people are or like I would say most people, most users of Facebook are using it as their information platform mm-hmm. in terms of getting their news, uh, interacting with new people, interacting and maintaining their point of views. Like it's their, like it's their CNN, it's their, you know, it's their news network essentially. And that's where they have a ridiculous amount of power because they can sway a very large chunk of a population's views based on an algorithm that they've created, right? So that's where I think it is. It it could be dangerous and probably is dangerous because of that, because the general public is very susceptible to this kind of, you know, any sort of uh, information that they receive on an online news source I'm putting air quotes. No one can see that. But like Facebook to me is not an online news source in any way, shape or form. Um, But then there's also the argument of like, like Google News is algorithmic as far as I know. I don't really read the news. So like I'm really, really, really an outsider here. So these comments that I'm making take take with a massive grain of salt because I really don't know what I'm talking about. But it's this whole thing where 
like I just don't read the news, but like I realize that like Facebook is all or uh, Facebook is algorithmic just in its posts and reading the timeline and whatever. But it's also algorithmic. As far as I know, Google News is algorithmic. Also, as far as I know, although this could be really incorrect, is I think Apple News might be algorithmic. I don't know if that's true. Well, they're all algorithmic. Like they all have something. Right. Like it depends if that algorithm is swayed or not, right? Like is is it swayed to the left? Is it swayed to the right? Is it swayed to just the user's preferences, which is most likely the case, right? Yeah. So this is this thing where like I just don't see it and I'm not planning on using it. Correct. So it's almost like when people are like getting all up in arms, I'm already doing the thing that some people – like some people are like, get rid of Facebook. I've almost kind of done that. Just by my normal usage of it, where I like sometimes send messages, sometimes use Facebook Marketplace, but in general, I'm really not using it all that much. It's just not something for me. And so yeah, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? I just don't see the 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 problems that are potentially there, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think the main problem is that it can be taken advantage of. I don't th- I don't think that's like a full Facebook issue, like an ethical Facebook issue per se, even though a lot of people think it like, or a lot of people are saying that it isn't a Facebook ethical issue because they are giving the platform to the people that can take advantage of it. But it is a platform that can be fairly easily taken advantage of. Right. So that's where it could become dangerous. Whereas just like showing news is fine. As long as it's like, whatever, like, you know, all over the place. Um, and as long as a person that's looking at it understands that they need to look at other places as well, that's fine. Uh, but if someone were to go in there and maliciously inject a bunch of articles that aren't real and, or just literally just a lot of the times it's not even an article, it's just someone posting something with no sources or anything like that. And they're posting it as a factual statement and people believe it. Those kinds of things can get bad if a malicious actor comes in and takes advantage of it. That's, I think, what people are like hesitant with Facebook about or any really any platform that becomes big enough. So as soon as you become big enough, Google being one of them, uh, I don't know if Apple, Apple's not really a social platform, so this isn't really an Apple discussion, but Facebook, Google, Twitter, as soon as you get big enough where you can like apply pressure onto a large audience based on an algorithmic you know, inequality or or something like that, or like a, an attack. That's when people start to like hesitate and start to kind of like freak out a little bit. And it's understandable from their end, because now you're you have this other force, like it used to be the government news and stuff like that. Now you have like social media being so powerful that they can influence elections that they can influence vac- vaccination campaigns that they can influence like they can influence so much. That like, what do you do? And I could see it from like the other, the tech side. Like, what do you do? Do you like silence people? Is that bad? Like, it's it's a really difficult issue to solve from a moral standpoint, from an economical standpoint, as soon as you get that big. I, I mean, the solution is to never, never allow anything to become that big, really. I don't know if that's a good solution. It's probably not like in terms of capitalism, but in general, that's probably the solution. As long as not, something's not, it's not so big that it can influence an entire 
like massive generation or even like cross generation moves of people, then it's not as dangerous. I don't know. That that was my like little rant on social media efficacy, I guess. I don't it, like for me, it's really difficult because I understand the technical aspect of it. And it's and I understand how freaking difficult it can be to maintain something like that and and to be um first of all secure about it and second of all not political inside of it like as an internal team like not use your own politics to um affect it like it, it can be really difficult not to do that like damn I would not. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to handle all this. I mean, yeah. I mean, these are huge questions, and these are new inventions. Social media is a new invention. I don't know what that what 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 to say. You know, it's like one of these things where it's like the evolution of like the person standing in like a wild west town screaming something. Yeah. You know, it's just like the the new way to spread something, whether it be good, bad, true, false. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't use these things enough to, like, again, like, I'm basically doing what the people that don't want me to use it are doing, like, or what the, I'm basically doing what they're saying, <laughs> just by acting normal. Uh, my inaction is doing their preferred action. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, like, I don't think you and I are the problem here. It's yeah, definitely it's something else. But other than that, like I think, I think we've covered it again. My stance is view is better. Come at me, and that's it. <laughs> that's my ending statement there. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, weekly growth goals. <laughs> um, weekly growth goals. Uh, apparently, Mike wants to be attacked as his weekly growth goal. But uh, in all seriousness, Mike, how did your weekly growth goal this week go this week? And what's your new one? Yeah, so my weekly growth goal for last week was posting a TikTok every day, um, and I almost did it. I posted a TikTok every day last week, so I think that counts because it was- uh, Hang on a minute here, buddy. Mm-hmm. How many did you post? Five? I'll give you a, I'll give you a 60%. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just randomly threw out yeah, a number. I have so, no idea. So I tried out the TikTok platform. Um, it was interesting. It was an interesting experiment. I don't- fully get it yet and i think matt and you and i will might have to have a discussion at some point on what to, how to proceed with tiktok because I, I think you understand it more than i do in many different ways and uh yeah i just i i don't fully get the value of it yet but i did post the videos uh you can check out our tiktok it's at uh, tiktok slash html all the things you can check me talking there i talked about the streams that i did last week and stuff like that where I was working on the weekly growth goals application and doing some refactoring. And just to mention the weekly growth goals application here is that we not only have a weekly growth goals segment now, we actually have a weeklygrowthgoals.com application that you can check out and uh, participate in. So you can make an account. Um, I have most of the functionality there to make the account. And you should be... Uh, Good to go to post your goals and let us know how that works out for you. And we can monitor your goals and everyone else can in the community and they can encourage you and you can check your goals off or delete them or whatever the heck you want to do. So check that out. It's weeklygrowthgoals.com. I'll have it in the show notes and let us know what you think. Oh, wait, wait. My next week weekly golf goal 
is going to be, and I'm thinking of this on the spot, so I'm going to have to hold myself to something I thought of on the spot. It's going to be, I'm going to go back to the exercise. I'm going to do, I'm going to do 20 minute workout every day for the full, for a week, at least a 20 minute workout. I want to get back more into that. I did, I did actually, I have been pretty good with it, but I want to do it on a more consistent basis because I've been sitting way too much. So that will be my weekly golf call this week. All right. Um, and uh, for me, my weekly growth goal was to complete the blog and the podcast page. Now, I've completed the podcast page, and by the time uh, end of day on the day that the podcast comes out, uh, I will have the po- the blog page done because it's kind of like kind of like Lego. I'm going to take multiple pieces from the podcast page and put them into use uh, on the blog page with the you know a few changes header here and there and whatever. So yes. Weekly growth goal is completed. Uh, obviously, we recorded this earlier than the day it comes out. So it will be completed on the proper day. And then uh, my next one is going to be, I want to say, like, just continue working on the weekly growth goal. But there's a couple of things that we need to figure out. Uh, we're trying to monetize a couple of things. So I have to figure out my Google ads situation. And I have to figure out my Amazon affiliate situation because I was an affiliate and now I'm not or something. I don't know. And I Google ads, I haven't used them in a while, so I have to figure those situations out. So it's something I've been procrastinating on, pro- procrastinating on so I'm going to try to figure out whatever's going on there. It could be as easy as just logging in. It could be a whole thing where I need to contact support. I am really not sure yet, so we will see We will see what happens uh, when when the time happens, uh, or when it, when it happens. But hopefully we'll be able to get those things up and running. And then we have a couple of really cool, I was going to announce something, but I, nothing's set in stone right now. So I'm actually not going to do that. That's <laughs> why so I'm hesitating, but uh, we have a couple of really cool projects that are coming up and for ourselves that we'll hopefully be able to get done. And this is just the beginning of that. So I'm a little excited for that. And I'm just going to keep that under wraps before I uh, spoil it for everyone, even though it's not a movie and doesn't have spoilers. But anyway, um, if you, uh, if you have anything else to say, Mike, say it now, because I'm going to run the old conclusion, sir. Nope, I have nothing else to say. You've said it all. I've said it all. So, remember, uh, we're on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash things. Check out the tiers and give that a go. And uh, there is a new patron uh, this week, but uh, sadly, I was going to grab the information, and the platform in which it was sent to me on is down, and has been down for the past few hours. So, I apologize. I will try to get you next week, hopefully. Uh, but our existing patrons... <laughs> Um, our $3, many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on youtube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript, Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design on localpathcomputing.com, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com, Chris from Selfmade Web Designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com, Tim from The Web Hacker on thewebhacker.com, DL Ford from dlford.io, Bib Hashdash from Nineblock Media on nineblockmedia.com, Jason from Geek Life Radio on geekliferadio.com, and of course that new one, which we will be announcing next week due to technical issues. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on, and this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. 
web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things, signing off.